Welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hate. This week, we're looking at All About Steve. All About Steve was directed by Phil Trail, written by Kim Barker. Came out September 4th, 2009, starring Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper. Has a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 17% on Metacritic. Wow. So, so far it is the lowest. the worst movie so far (laughs) that we have watched. The lowest rated um, movie (laughs) at this point. 6%. That is like... It's our new low. (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, some of the worst films I've ever seen in my life have higher than 6%. Yeah. Good grief. (laughs) Okay, so the studio provided summary. All About Steve is a hilarious tale of a woman who, after falling hard for a guy, thinks they're an item. Unfortunately, he thinks she's stalking him. Well, we're in for <laughs> we're in for a treat, I guess. Okay, A.O. Scott from At the Movies said this movie of this movie. It's dreadful. <laughs> it would be amazing if that was his entire review. By the that way, was- it was just like an entire, just a full page. Just it's dreadful. <laughs> yeah, I got another more to say. Tom Long of the Detroit News said it's a screwball comedy missing more than a few crucial screws. Manola Dargis of the New York Times said it seems incredible, but the grimly unfunny comedy all about Steve might just be the worst movie on Sandra Bullock's resume. And she was in The Net. I was going to say that. She was in The Net. That movie has not aged well. Yes. And speaking of The Net, uh, The Net has a... (laughs) 51% 51% on Metacritic and a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's middle of the... So it's bad. It's bad, but, but not not 6% awful. bad. But interesting tidbit about uh, All About Steve versus Sandra Bullock's career. Sandra? Sandra. And her friends call her Sandy. Sandy Bullock's career is that uh, this came out just two months before The Blind Side. Yes. For which she won her first Oscar. Yes. So we are in our Oscar-winning actors category yet again. And uh, I think we're starting to see a pattern that most (laughs) Oscar winners have a really bad movie on their resume. At least one. Probably a few. And they don't always start with the bad movies. Sometimes they sneak them in at the the end. Yeah, that's true. One thing to point out, in fact, is she won the Razzie for Worst Actress for this film. Ooh. The day before she won the Oscar for Best Actress for The Blind Side. Speaking of Razzies, this movie was nominated for five Razzies, uh, Worst Actress, in which Sandra Bullock actually did show up to the ceremony in person and handed out DVD copies to everyone. Yeah, apparently, funny story about that is when someone thanked her for the copy of the film, she said, yeah, you you say that now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also nominated for Worst Screen Couple, Sandra Mm -hmm. Bullock and Bradley Cooper, Worst Director, Worst Picture, 
and worst screenplay. So, but it did not win worst picture. It did not. It only won for worst screen couple and see, worst actress. Can we see what what did win worst picture I, that year? I'm I don't. Curious. I maybe two thousand nine, um, right? No, two thousand ten. So for worst picture of the two thousand ten, um, air oh Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. So that is deserving. All right. So we're going to go ahead and watch it. Um, we will maybe make some commentary while we're watching it, depending. And then we'll get into our review criteria. So one of the problems I see straight from the get-go is no matter how socially awkward or potentially mentally deficient she Sandra Bullock's character is. She's still really hot. She's so gorgeous. Exactly. So like any dude, no matter like he would ignore everything else to just be like, yeah, ha, ha, this is my, you know. So basically, this is like the she's all that problem. Oh, where? <laughs> so of course, in that movie, they're like, oh, you know, you can't take the she's this a ugly girl to the you know pro- make her like the homecoming queen or whatever. Yeah. But it's still, it's like, oh, with minimal effort. Like, yeah. It's still a Hollywood actress who's beautiful. But it's not even like they tried to ugly her up. Like, she's she's got full makeup, done well, but, like, right. her haircut's a little, like, cheesy, but that was, like, the time. The, yeah. As evidenced by Bradley Cooper's frosted tips. <laughs> like, that was the hotness. Yes. But, like, yeah, it's just, it's too... Any dude would overlook any sort of. I mean, not person. any dude, but lots of dudes. Many dudes would overlook would the personality deficiencies yes. to date her. I'm starting to suspect she doesn't even have an apartment. <laughs> and that it's not being fumigated. She just lives with her parents. Yes. That's just a cover story. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> Wait, you knew that the whole time? No, not well. When her mom was like, fumigation takes time. I was like, yeah, okay. So we just finished watching All About Steve, which I had seen before, but you had not seen. No. So I want to talk about the acting. So we did talk a little bit before we watched it. Obviously, Sandy Bullock has two Oscars at this point. One, two. Gravity. No, she didn't win. Not okay, whatever. Oscar winners and nominees in Sandra Bullock. Yes. And then nominees in Bradley Cooper, Thomas Hayden Church. Yes. Um, so how do you feel the acting was? So as we already said before, Sandra Bullock won the Razzie for this movie. Yeah. The same time that she won the Oscar for The Blind Side. Uh-huh. I kind of have a problem with that, to be honest. Do you? <laughs> because her acting was fine. Yeah. Like, you could tell she's very professional. She didn't seem like she was phoning it in. Mm-hmm. She was committed to the character. It was a weird character. And, yeah, but obviously. Like, yeah, like the mannerisms and even the little weird speech thing that I commented on. Like, I feel like she did try to fully embody it. Yes, she was committed to doing that character. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you want to say it was a horrible character horrible writing, horrible whatever, that's not her fault right. as an actress. 
This was not bad acting. It was just a weird character. Mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper, I mean... Well, his job in this movie is to look pretty. Yeah, he was he, he was kind of a... We're almost like a background character, yeah. more so than... <laughs> Um, Despite him being the central focus right. of the movie, yeah, he's not really a, a major character. Yeah, I mean, he is a major character insofar as you know. There's a few major characters, but he's not like the main character. Yeah, he's certainly a supporting role in this, along yeah. with Thomas Hayden Church, Ken Jeong. Yeah, acting was this group was fine. Does Thomas Hayden Church, by the way, like ever play anybody who's not just a dick? I don't know. <laughs> if he does, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and then we need to talk. So obviously the, the acting is fine. Um, we mentioned that maybe her character flaws, her perceived character flaws might be due to bad writing. Right. So how do we feel about the story as a whole? Like the plot? For the most part, it's pretty stupid. Yeah. It right? is a ridiculous concept. It is. And there's a few things that stand out as being more ridiculous. So go ahead. What's their next question? The next question is, is the movie engaging? Do we care what's happening on screen? Okay, I'll say this. It's a yes and a no. (laughs) Yes, insofar that I didn't get so bored that I was like, all right, where's my, where's my phone? Where's the iPad? Like, I want to read, I'm just going to browse Reddit. I don't care what's going. It wasn't to that point. Right. However, (laughs) about maybe the middle of the movie, it started to get to that point. It was starting to veer there. And I was just like, what is, I, I honestly think the first part of the movie was better. And then Weirdly, the ending was better. Yeah. The middle was bad. Yeah. The middle where, of course, they're being sent out on these news story mm-hmm. trips. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And there are some, like, genuinely funny moments. Like, you were laughing. There were. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like most movies do <clears> kind of middle in the middle. <laughs> like... I mean, yeah, yeah, well, it is easy, I guess, to your act two is maybe your weakest part, especially with the writing being yeah. weak. It's your act one, you kind of set everything up. Your act three, you know where you want it to end up. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of a slog of how did I, how do I get these characters there? Yeah. So I can understand that. It was just, that was where I'm just like, what is going, what is happening? This is. Yeah. And and to Sandra Bullock's credit, I want to say that um, in terms of is the movie engaging, like, I feel like even during the kind of middling parts, they're, like, her character is, I think, very likable. I, I agree. In the beginning, I didn't think that. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, she's annoying. She's weird. This is going to be. But by the end, it was she was weirdly endearing. Yeah, she grows on you. Sorry. Not agree. No, no, I agree. Yes. I agree. Yes. Okay. Oh, geez. And then, so for the fourth category, and we are adding a, a special fifth category this episode, but for our fourth category is when it was over, did we wish we had not watched? I mean, you're not a big fan of kind of the romantic comedy sort of genre anyway. I don't. It's not that I. Okay. 
Do I wish I hadn't watched it? I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, it wasn't. Do I ever want to watch it again? No. But am I like upset that I watched it? Maybe not. Maybe not. Like, (laughs) I guess I'm not that upset that I watched it, but I don't know. I guess I'm I'm middle. Obviously, you've seen this more than once now. Yeah. So you obviously didn't mind watching it again. Well, so, I mean, one of my guilty pleasures is, like, cheesy, ridiculous, romantic comedy. Yes, especially at this time of year, with all the Netflix original corny Christmas films. Not just Netflix. Every single channel has their Christmas. You've got Hallmark. I know. You've got Lifetime. You've got whatever else yeah and i feel like netflix is jumping in on that and they're going oh because it's a cash cow i agree (laughs) and it's probably really easy and cheap to churn out yes i have no doubt the funny thing is this movie is probably better than some of those movies it is better i'm honestly surprised that this is a six percent of rotten tomatoes yeah if you told me this was a 25%, I'd be like, yep, that's, that is, it makes perfect sense. That's about right. 6%, I'm like, okay, it must be really bad. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, especially since we did read the reviews and we did, you know, talk about the scores beforehand, I feel like your expectations could not have been lower. I mean, and that might be a, an issue. Obviously, when we're watching these, we're going in knowing they're bad. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like we're being disappointed. And I think maybe there's a natural human tendency to when you get told something to be like, well, I don't know. I bet I might be able to prove that's wrong. And so you might your brain might be kind of looking at me like, oh, what are some good things here? What are some, you know? Yeah, which which is why we have decided to develop a fifth category where we're going to talk about, you know, what the merits of the movie are, or what the movie does well or what the good parts about it are. Right. Versus just crapping on it like critics tend to do. <laughs> so since you hadn't seen this before, what what do you think? What do you think it does well? I actually think Sandra Bullock's acting was one of the highlights of the film. Yeah, she she definitely does a good job. And the fact that she kind of gets you to like the character more by the end we, than you do in the beginning. Yeah. She and I it's almost And she makes us like like so I mean along with everybody else in the movie without you know giving too much away um through the course of events she kind of endears herself not only to the audience but to the other characters that she encounters as well right so i'm gonna flip this around for one second to make a point is one of the things the movie did not do well Mm -hmm. and that i think could have been improved i mean ultimately it's a quote-unquote rom-com that really turns into because he's not into her. I mean, that's pretty obvious from the movie. Uh, from like the first the, five the minutes. The teaser. The movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really, it goes from not really being a rom-com to just being a comedy where she kind of grows as a person and accepts herself and meets friends along the way and realizes that there, there's other weird people out there that are going to be your friends. Yeah. Which is kind of inspiring. I mean, as most people have someone in their life or there are people out there that could be their friends yeah maybe not, i mean setting aside romance just <laughs> friends you can find people that will talk to you yeah and it kind of i mean as someone who really sucks at making friends 
Um, I mean, I when this first came out, I I felt like I really like identified with her because yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, I have that struggle too. I think people think I'm weird. When this I, came out, right be- a year before we a year before we met, we, yeah, yeah. So I think that a lot of those things should have been fleshed out more yeah. in this film. It should have they should have focused on her friendships more and potentially even like I was confused. So DJ Qualls, the squirrely guy in this film, like, did he like her? No, I think he likes the other girl. I don't know. See, it was like there was this weird love triangle thing going on and it was not obvious at all. And I think that that was a very underdeveloped thing that could have been used to make the movie better. Yeah. You know, if it had been maybe, I mean, that's a classic help. Even I can think of another Sandra Bullock film that follows that formula. Okay. One of my sister's favorite films, While, while You Were sleeping? sleeping. Oh, I love that one. So she, you know, she likes this guy. And then you know, ultimately. She also creepily stalks that's, that guy. That's true. Then falls in love with his brother. Yes. And that's the movie <laughs> in a nutshell. They could have had the same formula here. It would have been, oh, she likes Bradley Cooper. Is kind of weird about it. Ultimately falls for another guy that she meets along the way. Yeah. And I, the the fact is that's a winning formula. Maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't want to do it though, because it is so formulaic. I think we're getting back into what we've talked about in past episodes, where it's almost like you can't win. Yeah. You come up with something new, original, and people go, "Why did you do that? Why don't you do it what everyone always does?" And then you do what everyone always does, and it's why can't you be more original? Why do you have to rehash the same stuff? Yeah. But in this case, I think that if they had rehashed the same stuff, it could have been better. Yeah. All right. So aside from kind of the the writing issues, um, overall, though, I mean, I, I like this movie. It, I think it's fun. I think it's refreshing. I think it's nice that it does have that message of, you know, just be you and people will like you. I think. Um, what do you think? I asked you who the director was because... This movie, okay, this movie reminds me of two different things. Okay. First of all, this movie reminds me of, like, a Farrelly Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. You know the Farrelly Brothers? So, yes. there's something about Mary, Stuck on You, Kingpin, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lots of... So, some of those movies, which, they're, like, dumb comedy. Mm-hmm. But people like them. And some of them are kind of cult films. Yeah. And the style of the comedy and everything reminded me of their films. Okay. Like, if you like those films, you would probably like this film. Or you would at least tolerate this film. (laughs) I think it has a lot of good moments. I think it has a good heart. I agree. But that's at the same time, it's still not a good film. Here's a question. Yeah. Is comedy easier? Yeah. Like, do you think that bad comedy just holds up better because there's at least some redeeming value? I do. Yeah, I think. And yeah, I think I think comedy is more forgiving because it's all right. It's gonna, this is going to be a weird comparison, but go with it. It's going to be like those uh, cheesy, quote unquote, psychics on TV. Like, so the audience, everyone, they always say the audience always remembers the hits and not the misses. 
Okay. So even though the person is like grasping for straws, like, oh, I'm hearing like a, like an F, like a, like a Frank, like a, like a, you know, yeah. Ferdinand's, like a whatever. And then when they finally get it right, and the person jumps up and says, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my person. Um, everyone in the audience doesn't remember that they said five names before that. Right. They just remember, oh, yeah, they said Philip or whatever. So you're saying ultimately you'll, you'll go away from this remembering the things you laughed at. Yeah. And ignoring the five minutes in between. Yeah. Or 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. The, the lull where it was like, this movie is right now is really boring. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think comedy is more forgiving because you have those moments to cling to where you're like, oh yeah, that got me. And you kind of remember it a little bit more fondly. Whereas with a drama or other um, genres, you're like, you're searching for those hits and sometimes they just never come. That's true. And it's, and when you have a comedy and you don't laugh, you're going to really hate it. So that being said, that there's certainly funny moments in this film. Mm-hmm. I will admit, I did laugh several times. But it's also like, well, I could have laughed that much watching reruns of my favorite comedies. You know, I could have watched Futurama or Parks and Rec or The Office and gotten just as much enjoyment and laughs out of it. I'm not upset that I watched this, but I'm not necessarily like, oh, yeah, watch it. It's funny. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No. <laughs> you know? So I guess that's my ultimate takeaway is this movie is not good. This movie could be enjoyable depending on what your humor is. If you like films like the Farrelly Brothers films or, you know, if you like other romantic comedies, you could enjoy this film. There are genuinely funny parts. But if you're just looking to watch something to laugh at, I would recommend something else. <laughs> so I'm not going to I'm not going to say it's the it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. And I think it's actually kind of unfairly been reviewed as such. Yeah. This is not worse than The Snowman. This is not worse than The Sweetest Thing. This is not worse than not Kung worse Pao. Than Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> it's not worse than Johnny Mnemonic. So like if you were to say, oh, we have to watch either Kung Pao again or we have to watch All About Steve again, I'd choose this film. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to talk about legitimate, funny comedy, this film's better yeah. for that. Yeah, definitely. It's stupid, but it's it's still funny in that stupid way. And I've said that before, is there is a definite demand in our culture for stupid humor. There is too. And I, and I do think, I mean, you can get stupid humor anywhere, which is where kind of, you know, your point about rewatching something that already makes you laugh, like TV shows you've seen dozens of times. But the thing I like about this movie is, yeah, it has those things, but it also does have that, you know, like heartwarming message. Like, I feel like it's a feel good movie. Right. And even though, yeah, it might not have those those great comedic moments like all scattered all through it like a like a sitcom does. It still has a lot of redeeming qualities. And I think it is like a like a fun movie to sit down and watch with with friends or on a date or you know, any of those kind of scenarios where you're in the mood to laugh and feel good after the movie's over. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of searching through some of these 
Rotten Tomatoes things. Reviews. Reviews. <laughs> yes. These. So one these guy things. who actually liked it said it was quirky. I definitely agree with that. Yes, it is quirky. Um, one person said that essentially talented and attractive people can't entirely engross us without the help of a good script. That's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's exactly what we've said is that this is. The script is really the problem here. The yeah. acting is not. Mm -hmm. And so it's unfair that they were. Um, Certainly not Razzie worthy. So what is kind of actually refreshing as well about this film is that even with the stupid humor, it doesn't devolve to like crude juvenile humor. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no point where somebody gets like kicked in the balls and that's why it's, <laughs> you know, and that's the funny thing. There's yeah. no gross out sexual, like this is honestly a pretty family friendly film. Yeah. Depending on what kind of films your kids, you let your kids watch. You could watch this when you could, or you could just be comfortable having this film on and not being upset if your kids walk through the room or if your kids are playing or something yeah. in the next room. Yeah, you know? they're not going to pick up any any words that they shouldn't repeat. Yeah, and <laughs> so. there's not, they're not going to see anything that they shouldn't see. So, not, I don't, not 6%. No. I'm almost upset that this has a 6%. Yeah. This is not the bottom comes. of the barrel. You know, it's you know, it's it's close to the it's <laughs> it's in the lower like there's some apples on there's some apples creating a layer that it's resting on top of. <laughs> and I, I mean, I feel like romantic comedies as a genre in general. um, They're not great. Like they really aren't like even the, the best romantic comedy still isn't that good. What is the best romantic comedy? I don't even know. I Would you call When Harry Met Sally a romantic comedy? Oh, well, of course. And that's good. Would you, I mean, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. I, okay. Those people, are like some classics. People call Sleepless in Seattle a romantic comedy, but it's very bleak up until the end. And it's kind it's of funny. depressing. Because she's kind of a stalker. She is a stalker. And that's exactly what happens in this film. Is he thinks she's a weird stalker. And she's yeah. just... So... One man's passionate love interest is another man's stalker. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> it's really all the perspective. So I guess I should clarify that. I mean, obviously there was the golden age of romantic comedies. And pretty much anything that Meg Ryan started in was golden. It's funny that you say like most romantic comedies aren't really that good. From a from a critical perspective, yes. And obviously there's a few in the quote unquote golden age, mm -hmm. as you said. And ever since they've kind of been going do you think that's why they don't really make them anymore? I mean there's I some, there's some token ones here and there, whatever. I mean, yeah, so basically I I feel like they really only come out with a couple a year. I feel like there's kind of been more of a shift towards like the gal pal kind of comedy. Like it's a movie like you're going to all like go see with all your girlfriends and like have like a girl's night out. Like I don't think so, like, like there's a definitely romantic been a comedy shift. date night movie I don't think exists anymore. Which is almost in a weird way you could say it's like progressive and empowering for women, that women are getting more roles as 
you know, be the leads in films and yeah. women are going, oh, you know, women want to go see these films. And maybe men do too, but like, like you say, because before it was, what kind of films are women the stars of? A lot of them were romantic comedies, right? Yeah, no. And now you're seeing them getting more traditional roles that are going, yeah, why can't we have women be the kid, this character? Yeah. Why can't this character be a woman? But in a weird way, the romantic comedy is suffering from that. I just think it's weird because they're not that expensive to make. If in terms of, yeah, for Hollywood standards, they are cheap to make. And it's weird that just generally the kind of mid-range budget movie is going away. Like you said, so this film had all about Steve. The budget was like $25 million. Yeah. You would think that would be like the perfect movie that Hollywood would want to churn out because you could just make $25 million well, and then, you know, it's going to end up making like 50. You don't care if it doesn't make hundreds of millions of dollars. You don't care yeah. if it's the next, if it's rivaling, you know, Black Panther or the Avengers. Well, maybe, maybe that is also why they are not making them anymore because I feel like maybe the place where these movies thrives is on TV like Netflix and Netflix. So that's why we have because, a lot of Netflix originals. Yeah. Are... Cause people will watch them, but people don't necessarily want to go to the movies to watch them. So we're seeing like a cultural shift where going to the movies is almost, you're going because there's some cultural event. Yeah. You're going to see the blockbuster. You're going to see the Oscar winner or nominee, at least, right? Or in my case, I say, I'll wait till streaming. Well, no, I know, but my <laughs> point is, you're you're probably right. Our people, our generation, I've talked to some people that are our age or maybe older or younger or whatever, they don't go to the movies as much as and, I think I went yeah. growing up. And a lot of the times, too, we have sort of the the debate over, you know, is it a movie that you can just watch on a small screen versus is it a movie that you need to see in theaters? Right. So like the more visually stunning, the more kind of action packed that do so well on a bigger screen and it kind of gets lost. Like if you went to go see Avatar in theaters versus like if you saw Avatar for the first time on your screen at home, yeah. the experiences would be vastly different. Right. Whereas Whereas rom-coms is the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're in a big theater or if you're at home, yeah. the the watching experience. The only, only yeah, the watching experience. The overall experience might be better because obviously when you go to the movies, you feel like you're going out. Yeah. It's a little it's bit more special. Event. You're on a date or even, you know, you're taking your spouse out. Versus like I'm sitting in my pajamas and I have recording a podcast about this. Podcast. Yeah. And I have like stained baby vomit or baby spit up on my shoulder uh, and yeah. I don't want to get up off the couch. <laughs> like when you're at work, <laughs> I am woken up at six in the morning by children on a weekend when I want to sleep in. Yeah. I'm watching a romantic comedy because I know you don't want to watch it and I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> there you go. So I guess... Netflix and other companies like that keep churning them out. Crank them out, baby. There's still a demand, even if nobody wants to go to the theater to watch them. I've watched like five in the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, but you're you're saying you wouldn't recommend All About Steve? No. Okay. Well, if somebody I said, hey, what's a romantic comedy that I should watch? I would not recommend this film. Okay. Or if they said, what's a, what's a comedy that I should watch? 
I would not recommend this film. All right. Now, in that's in the grand context. So if somebody said, hey, I just have HBO, what's a good rom-com I can watch to HBO and chill? And, you know, because they're not <laughs> Netflix and chilling. I mean, I wouldn't say don't watch that movie. There's a difference between I'm not going to recommend it versus I'm going to recommend against it. That's true. Okay, yeah. So I'm not going to recommend you do that. If they're like, oh, I want, I just want to laugh, I'm going to be like, good, go watch Parks and Recreation. Or go watch, <laughs> oh, have you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Watch that. Or have you watched Futurama? Go watch that. But if they said, hey, uh, my girlfriend really likes this All About Steve movie. Like, I guess I'm going to watch that with her tonight. I'd be like, okay, cool. Yes, it's okay. It's funny. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, our, moments. Our, yeah, our whole kind of point of this thing, too, yeah, isn't necessarily to say, oh, you must go watch this movie. No. It's, is this movie watchworthy? Like, if the opportunity comes up to watch it, should you watch it or should you pass? I think you should watch it. Don't I, go out of your way to watch I it. I think it's okay if you watch it, but, but if it's on, if watch you it. Are, have rest, reservations, then there's no need. You can just give it a pass. <laughs> it's a pass. It's not a hard pass. Yeah. Okay. It's not an avoid. It's not an avoid. It's just... Because like I said, this is not a 6% movie. Yeah. I don't know why it has a 6%. It should have like a 30%. Yeah. I think if you like romantic comedies and if you kind of like those sort of you sure. know, if, feel good if movies, that's your genre sure watch it yeah. okay i think our final message regarding all about steve is if you like romantic comedies and sure. stupid humor and stupid humor sure give it a shot but there's probably better things to watch probably a lot of better things to do <laughs> Didn't I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. <laughs> Whereas yep. movies that are truly awful, I hate. <laughs> Thank you for listening to One Star Bazaar. You can let us know what you think or make suggestions for what we should watch next by reaching out on Facebook or Twitter at One Star Bazaar. So long before everyone fell in love all over again with Keanu Reeves as John Wick. Did you know he was in a lot of action films in the 90s? What? Some great, like The Matrix, and some not so much. Next week, we will be focusing on one of those not-so-great films. See you then. <laughs>